Hello and welcome to Sex Talks with Sarah. This is Sarah, your host speaking. Today we're going to be diving deep on what it means to be a sugar baby and to do FinDom with a very close friend of mine in my cohort. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. I'm so excited to be here. My name's Angelina. Um, like Sarah said, I'm in her program first year and I'm a sugar baby. I'm so excited to dive deep because this has been an episode that a lot of people have been looking forward to so I guess I just want to start off by asking you what it means to be a sugar baby because I think everyone has such different definitions and I want to make sure that I'm taking into consideration what it means to you. Yeah so I appreciate that because I do think that there are a lot of different um, ways to be a sugar baby. I think there's a lot of different routes that you can take. But for this episode, of course, I'll be speaking from my experience. And from my experience, it has uh, being a sugar baby has meant like having really close emotional relationships um, with the men that I work with, and just kind of being their support and a friend to them when they need it. Yeah, so I hear emotions, and I get nervous because I'm a cancer and I am really emotional (laughs) and I would just think that if I was to be involved in being a sugar baby I would become so attached and I don't know if you've experienced that but that's like the first thing that came to my mind when you said emotional connections. Yeah honestly I'm a Pisces so I completely understand um, being kind of scared about the emotional aspect of it because honestly sometimes I am too it's hard especially in our program to not care about every individual that you meet Um, so that's something tricky that is definitely a learned skill as you kind of become more comfortable being a sugar baby and in this like kind of industry um, is you have to make sure that you're you're setting your boundaries before meeting anybody whether that be in person or online you definitely need to make sure that you know what you're looking to get out of it and what you're willing to put in. Because of course, um, if they have like unlimited funds, they're going to want unlimited attention, but you can't always give that to them. So you have to make sure that you're aware of how much energy you're willing to put in and how much effort you're willing to give them before ever entering into any relationship with someone. I absolutely love that because you just addressed a key word, which is boundaries, boundaries for everything and all relationships. And I'm sure especially in this dynamic. So let's just get started with what brought you into sugar babying? Like, how did you get introduced to this? Did you hear about it beforehand? Like, just give me a rundown of of how this all came to be. So my journey actually has been quite serendipitous. Um, It pretty much just fell into my lap when I first started. Um, I was a barista (laughs) and um, I had a regular come in and we just developed a really close friendship. And then it kind of just happened naturally out of that. I I would want things and he would surprise me with them or help me out with like car payments or whatever it might've been. And um, after I noticed that, hey, like, this is something that I, I obviously really like. It's, it's fun. I get to meet great people. I would have never in a, in a past life been able to meet um, this man and, like, have such a close relationship with him um, and grow to be really good friends with him. So um, 
that's how it kind of started out for me was just randomly with uh, a man that came in to get his morning coffee. (laughs) Um, But then after that, I started to think, wow, maybe there are other ways that I could start to do this and maybe meet people. So um, a big like tip that I would say is to definitely like put yourself out there because the worst that can happen is, is nothing. You know what I mean? Like they could just say no. Um, of course, that doesn't mean go up to these people and like ask for money <laughs> no. or anything. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no one, no one go up to the guy getting coffee <laughs> and see if he needs a sugar baby. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So basically my question is how old were you at this time? And had you heard about it beforehand? Or was this like an introduction to the the industry I was about 20 years old so this was about like three almost four years ago um and it wasn't my first introduction with the whole industry because my sister actually was a barista at a different coffee place and had similar situations happened I don't know I guess it just happens to our family so everyone <laughs> that wants a sugar daddy <laughs> needs to become a barista says what I'm hearing <laughs> Okay. Honestly, honestly, that's pretty up there on the list of requirements. No, but um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and of course, I had seen it portrayed in media. But mm-hmm. I just want to give a big disclaimer that what they portray in media is almost never exactly how the real life situations that I've been in and my friends have been in have ever like actually played out. Yeah, and I think making that reference is so important because it's so easy for us to get sucked up into this imagery of what it would it would quote unquote look like like what the ideal scenario is which it's gonna vary entirely by situation by person I'm sure so I'm glad that you mentioned that because it could look it could look amazing and it's not that it's not an amazing experience but you have to still assess for everything else you know like I'm sure your safety being mindful about you know who you are speaking to and and what type of relationships you're sharing with these people and how much information you're sharing about yourself and just I'm sure a lot of things but okay so I'm wondering if you want to give some general maybe tips or just giving people some insight on how to get introduced into the industry and especially if you have any online tips or if you have tried meeting sugar daddies online Yeah. So like I said earlier, there's a couple of different routes that you can take. And in the beginning, I, um, it kind of just happened to me rather than me like looking for it. Um, so my advice for things happening in that manner, I always just say to put yourself out there, um, be present in the moment, smile at people, strike up small conversations with people. Um, not only is that a good way to live life if you want to meet a sugar daddy, but it's also a good way to live life just in general. Um, I think that conversation is one of the most important things in human life and Mm -hmm. why not have it wherever and whenever. But in regards to online, um, that's a little bit more sketchy to me, meeting Mm -hmm. people online. And I've definitely done it, but you have to be very clear about your boundaries beforehand. Definitely give a couple of friends your location when you're going to meet. Have the last name for the guy. A lot of the sites that I've encountered don't even require them to put their actual name. So, yeah, so it can get scary and people can pretend to be other people. So I definitely like to know their first and last name prior to meeting. 
um, if the site has a verification um, button, make sure that they're verified with what they're saying their income is and who they're saying that they are. Um, that's really important because again, the internet is a really scary place. Um, and also, very rarely is somebody online going to want to just give you money without meeting. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of them will want to meet up and have dinner or drinks or whatever it might be. And if you decide to take that route, I just really do urge the listeners to make sure that they're comfortable and have a good friendship with somebody prior to meeting up because mm -hmm. someone could be nice online for a couple hours and promise a couple of hundred dollars for a dinner date but you don't really know that person and I think that obviously like someone's life is way more important than a couple hundred dollars they can make on a dinner date mm -hmm. yeah so highlighting that safety route essentially you know having a plan of action of okay like knowing this person is legit knowing that you know what they're saying is true and um it's interesting to hear like the verification because my brain automatically goes to tinder and they verify like photos but what i'm hearing is that there's like this verification for income and wow yeah because you definitely like it's very easy to say how much money you make if you're lying about it you know so you definitely want there to be some kind of verification um, which is also why I recommend um, having like good conversations with them throughout the week and kind of gauging what their schedule is like because if they're making a lot of money, they're probably going to be working a lot. So mm -hmm. if they're finding time to message you all day or ask to video chat all day or just kind of being a little bit too present in your life, you can guess that they're not being honest about what they're saying their occupation is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. You're right. I mean, I guess like, I never thought about it that way, but of course, it's like these little um, nuances of like, what are they actually doing day to day? Like, you know, are they going into work or are they like, what type of job do they have? You know, if they are working from home, how busy are they, quote unquote? Um, yeah. Okay. So now I'm just thinking, I know that there's one app that's like commonly heard of i think it's called seeking arrangements, seeking arrangements. okay yeah. <laughs> okay i was like am i going crazy no okay um is that the the main app or are there a lot of different routes or is that just kind of like where where it is like where everything is so there are like probably hundreds of apps but my rule of thumb um and maybe this is just like going with the herd kind of mindset but I always go on the websites that I've heard of like real people that I know in person um, or really well online using to meet people because there could be millions of sketchy apps, but Seeking Arrangements is a very common one that I know real people have used and met other real people, um, but there are tons of different sites. You can honestly meet sugar daddies on like OkCupid or like another kind of dating site if you do go the dating site route, you want to be clear with your intentions up front because you um, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings by leaving them on, which is why I say the boundaries talk is one of the most important conversations that you need to have prior to even really getting to know somebody, letting them know like how much effort you're willing to put in because at the end of the day, both this and Findom, which we'll touch on a little bit later, um, the, there's a real person on the other side of that screen and you want to be a real person and treat the real person like a human. I love you. <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, yes. And I think that it could get muddy, right? Like 
sometimes with this field it's a little like um you start maybe forgetting about the intentions piece and being mindful about that person and that they do have you know they're a whole person they have emotions they're going through their own things and you know maybe this is what they're searching for because they need a support system they need someone to lean on in some way and so regardless this is a person and I think that the media portrays it a little differently of like this attack essentially on this person like okay I'm just using you but it is an exchange you know like and you're both being mindful about what your boundaries are what this means to both of you um so I love that you're touching on that because my next question is just like talking about what these common misconceptions are and how they impact the industry or how they impact your feelings or your experiences and all of that yeah, so I think there's a lot of common misconceptions with sex work in general, um, but even this, which is considered sex work, but doesn't have to involve sex, so it gives misconceptions just with the category it's put into, um, but the first one I want to say is I have never had any, like, physical interactions with any of these people, like, if we go to dinner, it's no touching type of dinner, you know, so for anyone that wants to get into this, don't be put off by the idea that you're going to have to like sell your body or sell your soul to these people. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, conversation more than mm-hmm. anything is mm-hmm. what a lot of these people are looking for. Um, and also, um, and yeah, another misconception is that this is taking advantage of men. And I also don't see it like that because again, as long as you're respecting their boundaries and you know what those are and they're respecting yours, it's a mutually um, beneficial transaction. That's how I always see it. Mm -hmm. We're both getting things out of it. You know, I'm getting nice things or my bills paid and you're getting good conversation and like somebody that actually cares about you. Mm -hmm. And that's another little piece of advice I would give to anybody that's interested in like joining this kind of um, line of work is to just make sure that you actually care about these people. Mm-hmm. Um, because especially with sugar babies, again, Findom will go on that later, a little bit different. <laughs> but um, with being a sugar baby, like at the end of the day, this person is working hard for their money or has saved their money. And now they're giving it to you for not no reason, but just for very little. Companionship. Communication yeah. for good conversation, like you're saying. Yeah. And- so you owe them that if yeah. that's what they're paying for. You know what I mean? I love that you do speak on not necessarily having to have a lot of quote-unquote physical interactions because I think that's a huge misconception of like having to, like you have to, but it's like you don't have to unless that's what you want to do. Like like if that's what you're open to possibly, like I know that kind of can go down a rabbit hole, but I'm just saying like I think a lot of people do think that they're in this like they're forced to act in a certain way but it's like as long as you assess what you're there for what they're looking for and that you're both on the same page that's ideal like that is the goal and that's where you're trying to head yeah and I think another misconception too is that um this is cheating if you are in a relationship Mm. I will I will come out and say that I have not been in like a very committed relationship in a very long time Mm -hmm. um so that has never been my experience but I do know people that have had that situation where their boyfriend doesn't want them to do it and when it comes to that 
Um, I think you just have to be honest with both your partner and mm-hmm. yourself and the person that you're like working with because you don't want anybody's feelings to get hurt. But this is a job. I know a lot of people, especially men, don't like to see it as a job, but it is a job. So if your partner isn't okay with it, that's kind of a conversation more so between you and your partner rather than you and your um, sugar daddy or sugar mama or whoever it is, because that's completely up to you and that person has nothing to do with your partner. Yeah, yeah. I think, again, it's just that communication piece that is the highlight of everything that will ever happen on this podcast because just talking through and assessing how each person is feeling and what their thoughts are and how okay they are with this how receptive they are how accepting they are um and their support because regardless of course I think it is the person's choice but I don't think I could be with someone that isn't supporting like the work that I'm trying to do right like personally I would say that I would prefer to maybe pick an aunt like either or that's just me though because I do think it's hard emotionally to like give to all of this if there's a disagreement right so being on that same page is just so key of respecting yourself and all the emotions that are going to come into play with both roles so I completely agree yeah it's good that you you mentioned that because I've had some people that I know of that have gone into being a sugar baby and they've tried to hide it completely and entirely from their partners and I'm saying like the minute that you start hiding something game over you know what I mean like game over for you for the relationship just for because you're not assessing their boundaries too like you have to talk to them about it you have to exactly yeah and trust is a big thing for me and Again, maybe things would be different if I was having the types of sugar baby, sugar daddy relationship that were intimate, like physically, mm-hmm. maybe things would be different for me. And I would feel like, okay, well, I can't have a long-term partner. Or, oh, if I do, they have to be very aware of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. But um, you're completely right. You need to give your partner the opportunity to set those boundaries and know mm-hmm. like what, what they're getting into, but what you're into and what mm-hmm. they're going to be like kind of along for the ride with. Um, and of course, I think it varies case by case, but trust is a really big thing. It's it's almost as big as communication. It's right up there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. So I'm wondering if when you got into being a sugar baby, did you have any assistance? Because I would be terrified personally of navigating this world um, without anyone to talk to or any guidance. So I'm just wondering, like, did... Did you have anyone that was able to guide you? Did you have anyone that you could kind of lean on to ask questions to? Or was it more like doing research online? Or like, what was your route of guidance? So, um, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, my sister has also been in pretty similar situations. And so I leaned on her a lot in the beginning, definitely trying to gauge what was normal and what she had done and what like would be acceptable, quote, unquote. Um, and what I was comfortable with, and it was kind of trial and error for a while. Um, but definitely before I started to look elsewhere after that first person, I sat down and thought with myself, okay, like, what is it that I'm looking for? And what do I want? And I know I keep touching on that, but that's just very important because people will give you what you are expecting. Mm -hmm. So you definitely need to be sure of what 
you want and what you're willing to give because they're going to ask for a lot and it might get a little bit overwhelming if you're not prepared to say no or prepared for what they're going to ask exactly yeah being clear being clear about what you're looking for and what you're willing to accept and I think that this falls into in any relationship dynamic and and like literally any like friendship wise parent family professor like whatever you have to assess like clearly what you're gonna be okay with and what you're not gonna be okay with because those boundaries are necessary I know that being type A I probably would like have this written out like I am okay with this 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 and this and then like I'm not okay with this 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 and this um but that's just how my brain works so I could just imagine myself having like writing this out as I'm like preparing myself mentally for for yeah position yeah and that's what you have to do honestly is like really spell it out for yourself and another piece of advice which is a really big one that people don't think of but you need to create a public amazon wish list just do it because literally I'm about to do it (laughs) anybody can just go on it and buy you something like I can't tell you how many people have just sent me stuff off of my amazon wish list without even telling me and it's just like a nice surprise and that's like something a lot easier to begin with because it's not like they're giving you money which if they're giving you any amount of money that you didn't like necessarily work for Mm -hmm. it's gonna feel like a lot but if they send you like a perfume or Mm -hmm. like a set of makeup brushes it'll just be like little things like that that would just feel more comfortable and then on amazon wishlist you don't have to give them your actual address either which is another plus side to keep privacy because it'll just yeah it'll just send it to your house because amazon wishlist knows your address but the other person doesn't have to so that's another plus side i really love and I'm you're like inspiring me just just cuz <laughs> I'm gonna do make it, it. <laughs> <laughs> okay I love that all right okay so yeah so your sister essentially was a big piece in guiding you and that's amazing I think it because it is so scary to like dip in your toes in this new territory when you don't have a good idea like of again media media has too much messiness um and personally I remember the first time that I had a friend that was a sugar baby I had so many questions because I was like is it what you see on tv like is this what's happening and so many times it's like no absolutely not so we did mention a little bit about the platforms of seeking arrangements and there being other routes but I know that for you personally it's been primarily more so in person right Yeah, more so in person. I've met a lot of people like just through the social work that I've had. I've always Mm -hmm. been like a bartender or a barista or server or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so um, I find that in the more social jobs, of course, you meet a lot more people. And in the more people that you meet, the easier it is to kind of find the people that are interested in this. Because I do think it's a lot more people than um, society thinks. It's very taboo because of how the media betrays it, but it's not taboo in the actual field itself. Yeah. Yes. I'm I'm really happy you said that. That goes into the whole media thing because media makes a lot of things taboo that aren't necessarily done and it's not that way. So Okay, so speaking on like that criteria that you were mentioning earlier, I'm like really intrigued to hear about what 
some of the boundaries you establish are like what do you look for essentially what are you what are you searching for when you are talking to these men so I'm definitely looking for a couple of different things I'm looking for somebody that respects me as an individual and also as a woman I want that person to be socially aware um of the things that are going on and a personal preference is we have to have similar political views, Mm -hmm. especially because I kind of talk about a lot of social justice things in my day-to-day life. And if I'm going to be speaking to you every day, which in my experience, it has been every day with these men, um, I want us to have common interests so that Mm -hmm. the conversation flows better. Um, Another boundary I set is I don't send naked photos of myself and I don't send, um, uh, like I don't video chat with other yeah. people and that's just my preference of course if I was meeting them in person and I hadn't already met them in person I probably would want to video chat first but um, I don't want to have like like a sexual session with somebody on a webcam I, I wouldn't do that um, another boundary that I set is they have to be emotionally on the same page as me mm-hmm. um, and that goes a little bit more into the red flags because you should never feel like you're this one person's anchor like you cannot be the one person holding this person down because at the end of the day like this is just your job so of course you can care about these people as the people that they are but it can't be to the extent where you feel like oh if I wanted to end things this person wouldn't know what to do you know so you have to have those those boundaries set for sure um and another thing is and this is kind of a no-brainer, but it is something that I want to say, is if they're trying to support you, make sure that they're also able to still support themselves. Um, sometimes guys that have a little bit of money but are just lonely will give women money just for conversation, but not that you need to make sure that they're paying their own bills because that's not your responsibility, but you don't want to be taking money from somebody that like shouldn't even be giving money to somebody so that goes back to the what do they do for the for a living how likely is it that they actually do that how much are they giving you and why are they giving you that and what are they expecting of you now that they're giving you that amount of money yeah I think you touched on a lot of things there because um just thinking about what you just said about you know Figuring out if this person should even be giving you what they are giving you if they have other responsibilities, right? Like, that's a big red flag, I can imagine. Like, if you hear this person having, like, I don't know, I'm guessing, like, a like a numerous amount of kids and maybe a marriage or, I don't know, like, just being very involved in, like, a family role and knowing that that's expensive to to have as many kids or I don't know I'm 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 trying to think of scenarios but I'm sure that you probably have no better ones than I do no of course that's like a really good point is um and in my experience the people that I have worked with haven't had families mm-hmm. if if I did like engage in a conversation or a situation with somebody that um did have a family my boundaries would probably be a little bit different um just because this you're not like a mistress you're not somebody yeah. that they should be hiding from like their day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not somebody that their wife shouldn't know about. And of course, that's not your responsibility as a person or as a, like a worker in this field to like ensure all those things. But it is your responsibility to make sure that you're being mindful of the things that could be red flags or could be like a little bit dangerous. Because once 
like you mentioned earlier, once it starts to become a secret, that's when it becomes a problem. Um, So you definitely want to make sure that you're understanding like who you're talking to Mm -hmm. and what they're looking for. And then that way you can kind of gauge like what the do's and don'ts are. And it's a very case by case basis of course like I wish that I had like a little manual that said like do this doing this but <laughs> <Don't> we all <laughs> yeah <laughs> for everything <laughs> exactly but you just kind of have to make sure that you know who you're talking to mm-hmm. and who they think they're talking to if you tra- choose not to give your real name or what you actually do for a living or anything like that you have to make sure that like like safety and boundaries is just the most important thing before starting this Yeah, and okay, now that you just said that, I'm going to pick at you a little bit because I'm wondering how in-depth do you think you go on about your personal life? Um, How much do you say? Do you use your name? Do you um, use another phone? Like, what do you do on your end to protect yourself a little bit more or to maybe limit your exposure as much of who you are, essentially? So that's a really good question. Um, so actually, when it comes to being a sugar baby, my answer to that is completely different than when I'm practicing like Sindom. Um, because as a sugar baby, they, I have always used my own name. I've always kind of been exactly who I am in my day to day with these men. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely am very, very much me with that because it's more of like a companionship kind of thing and not something that I want to be like taking a mask off for every day um but when it comes to Findom and if you want I can touch on this later but um when it comes to Findom I definitely um don't tell them really anything about me a lot of those men have found me on Instagram and I have them like blocked from my stories (laughs) okay so they can't see my daily life (laughs) yeah yeah that's like an invasion of privacy a little you know like you're that's not the role that you're here to do to like you know look into me essentially exactly yeah of course that's a case-by-case basis too but my rule of thumb is um with Findom is it's usually less companionship and more like the like the sexiness of being like in charge but mm-hmm. not be having to be present all the time mm-hmm. if that makes sense it does and I love how that sounds okay <laughs> I love that all right so since we spoke a little bit on that family piece of you know these sugar babies some of them do have families and you mentioned that most of or everyone that you have had as a sugar daddy hasn't had a family. So I'm, like, wondering what the age group is. Like, do you have a limit or do you have a minimum? Or, like, what what age group do you typically feel like you interact with most? I try to keep it as, like, older older Mm -hmm. gentlemen are usually who I go for because when it comes to guys your age things get a little bit more tricky you want to make sure that they don't think that this is like a boyfriend girlfriend type situation Mm -hmm. um which has definitely happened in the past so that's something that the person needs to be mindful of um but I pretty much will work with any age um it just again case by case what you think they're looking for if they think that this is going to be like a relationship whatever it might be but if ideally I could pick the age of every person it would always be like an older gentleman that isn't thinking that we're going to be like ending up getting married or something (laughs) (laughs) you're like don't sign me up for marriage thank you (laughs) I love that okay um so yeah I'm just wondering like is there a typical age gap and I'm only questioning this is because 
it's funny to think of this, but, like, my dad's older, and my parents have a 20-year age gap, and, of course, there's already a lot of thoughts on that, like, externally from others, (laughs) but I feel like the age gap is such a it's like a taboo thing, you know, people are like, oh, that's old, so I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm questioning how, how much of an age gap do you think you prefer, because I know, obviously, we're talking a little bit larger than, like, maybe 20 years, right? Yeah, so, um, I prefer them just to be a little bit older, to have a good age gap, and that's mainly because I feel like when you're younger and have a lot of money, you're you have a completely different mindset than when you're older and have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And of course that ties into a lot of like who they are as a person, their maturity levels and all that jazz. But um, at the end of the day, I just feel like when a 30 year old approaches me, which there's nothing wrong with a 30 year old, a couple years older than me, the, their tone and what they're expecting is a lot different than what the older men that approach me are looking for Mm -hmm. Uh, and that could be because of biological factors like physiological factors it could be anything yeah but I just found that it's more companionship when they're older and more sexual when they're younger and so just whatever route I'm feeling is the one I take but both are of course okay Mm -hmm. Um, I just definitely prefer the more like communicative compassionate route rather than the sexual route Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I'm now I'm, I'm wanting to hear about maybe if you have, like, a story or an experience of someone coming at you, like, someone younger maybe coming at you with things that were completely out of your zone or things that you were, like, absolutely not. Or, or an offer that you knew had no chance, essentially, because I'm just wondering how these offers happen, especially in these interactions, like, is there a message where it's like this is what I what I can give you or is it more of like um you assess what you want and then they agree like how how does that route work well it uh, it depends uh case by case of course like what they're asking for but um I do have a couple stories where men just approached me and were just very abrasive I will never respond to a message that is just like from the jump sexual in nature and that's my preference of course like I would probably make a lot more money if I did that (laughs) but I just think that if you kind of like demonstrate your worth head on then they're not going to try to sell you short so Mm -hmm. if you're if you respond in my opinion if you respond to like these really abrasive just like really kind of nasty messages from men um, without them trying to get to know you as a person first they're going to see you as an object and potentially mm-hmm. try to te- treat you like one. And I just don't stand for that. I like won't let a man treat me like I um, am something that he can like pick up whenever he wants to. Mm-hmm. So I definitely stay away from messages like that. Um, and on the apps, like on Seeking Arrangements, a lot of people will like message you and say, I'd love to meet for drinks and like see where things go. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier how you're like very type A. I feel like I'm very type A in these situations too, because I'm not going to see where things go if I'm meeting you in person. Like I want an exact plan. I want to know exactly where we're yeah. going, what we're doing, how I'm getting there, what love- you're wearing. <laughs> I love this. I love this so much because I mean, you're now just talking to me whenever I am on online like apps like dating apps in general um same thing it's it's, the same exact thing you have to be clear and you also have to know what's going on just 
I get so taken aback when someone messages me, and this is kind of just going off a little bit of topic, but now that you said that, I am very underwhelmed when someone comes at me like, all right, like, are we going out to dinner tonight? And I'm like, what? Like, excuse me? I, I don't even know, like, who, like, I don't know anything about you. I know maybe your real name because, I don't know, you could put anything there. Um, and I've seen, like, three of your pictures, and you're just automatically thinking that we're gonna go out. Exactly, like, I, I definitely see it very similarly to how I took dating apps. I want the person to put in effort, because Mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to be putting in effort, because, again, at the end of the day, this is, I quit my, like, actual nine-to-five, like, this is my job, so, like, I'm going to be putting effort in, you better be putting effort in as well, it's a companionship, it's a partnership, it's not that I'm gonna carry all this weight, and do all these things for you and you're just going to send me money like no I want just as much of you as you're giving getting of me I I'm sure you can see me I'm like an all all looking at you because I'm in love um the assessment of worth okay like you're not just going to accept whatever's put on the table because you know what you deserve that should be on the table essentially you know what your worth is and I think that in all scenarios but especially in this industry you can't just let someone come at you especially I'm considering someone older um a man who you know already has privilege and they just kind of want things their route and are not open to understanding or hearing your voice essentially and so just analyzing your your worth and being like no actually I'm not okay with that and this is what I'm expecting from you too um just such a power move I'm in love I love it exactly no exactly because it is a hundred percent I bring it back to the boundaries because if you don't go in knowing exactly what you want they're going to offer you something and you're going to be like wow that's a lot but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day like it's not and that brings up another really important point and partial red flag you should never feel like they're doing something for you. They mm-hmm. should never make you feel like you're, they're doing something for you. Like if they ever say something like, after all that I've done for you, oh, no. no. Because it's not, it's a mutually uh, beneficial relationship. Yes. You're getting something, you're getting a service and I'm getting money for it. Yes. Like it is not, you're helping me out. It is not a, oh, I'm giving you this because later on I want you to owe me. No, because- at the end of the day, I owe these people nothing because I already gave them what they gave me the money for, you know, and you have to have that mindset. That's very important because you can get really manipulated and gaslit and just have the idea of like, oh no, like I can't end this because I owe this person this. No, just as easily as you can quit your job at Taco Bell, you can quit your job being a sugar baby. <laughs> I love, okay, yes, yes. And I want to bring that back to the media thing I think in media you commonly see the scenarios where these women feel like they have they it's like they're receiving this gift right even though they are providing a service they're receiving this gift and then they feel like they need to give more or that they're not giving enough or that um this person like they're not worth what this person is like offering them or what they're providing them and it's like no 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 like no assess your worth um and assess that this is mutually like you're both receiving something on each end so what they're giving you is damn right what you deserve um so I love that I love that you're highlighting that piece because you just 
that's what you see in media. It lo- it just it looks like you're being taken advantage of because of the way that it's construed most of the time. Definitely. And um, I will say here that like, it is definitely a process of kind of like learning mm-hmm. that this is going to be mutually beneficial. Because in the beginning, just for, in my personal experience, I would get like these extravagant gifts. Like my my pet bunny is from a man. And I love I love this bunny so much now that sometimes I'm like, I cannot believe that this is like something that was gifted to me mm-hmm. um, or he'll get me like a, like these AirPods, whatever it is, like just a really mm-hmm. extravagant gift. And sometimes it would make me uncomfortable. I'd be like, Oh mm-hmm. no, like what do I need to do? But that's why it comes back to knowing what you want to do mm-hmm. because it's very easy to be like kind of in awe of the gifts or in awe of the money or in awe of the situation that you just kind of say, okay, well this is my job. I'll do it, whatever it takes. But it's like, no, think of what you want to give before they give you something so that it's not like this big messy like oh I should give this much because this costs that much money you know what I mean yeah and and now that you say that I also want to highlight that um I think that for people that have never received gifts like this or that haven't really gotten this type of attention um that feeling could be like extra you know like it's it's new it's it feels strange you're not used to this you're not used to being given these things although you are providing something for it like it could just feel like this overwhelming amount of attention love whatever that is and it's like whoa you know so your mindset could really get shifted into oh I need to do more or oh I need to change my boundaries for this person or something Exactly. And that actually brings up a really good point of something that was like really beautiful to come out of uh, me doing this kind of work is I had always been like the breadwinner in my relationships. I have just always done jobs where I made like a lot of money in tips or something like that. So I always had more money than my partners. And so I would spoil them and I got really used to not being like taken care of in that regard. Um, But since doing this kind of work, I've gotten very comfortable with like allowing somebody to take care of me and to take care of things. And that's definitely like enhanced my like romantic relationships and my personal relationships because now I feel, okay, I am worthy of this or okay, yeah, I do deserve something like that. And it's just like a complete 180. So it definitely was a process, but like, I'm happy that I got to like kind of renew my sense of faith and and like men as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I love to hear that. I really do because um, that role switch can feel so odd in the beginning. You know, it's so new and it's scary, honestly, um, receiving all of this. But I love that you were able to do that and you've had a, like a positive experience from it. And now I do want to tap into that emotional connection piece because I've been thinking about that since we started. How strong would you say most of these connections are with your sugar daddies? So right now I'm just in like one really, really good sugar daddy relationship. And our connection is like unbeatable. We talk every day. Um, we have a lot in common. We, we think in very similar ways. Um, and I really do consider him like one of the closest people in my life. And uh, maybe if I had more, um, like more work going on right now, 
think I would feel differently, but he and I have just gr- grown so close over these past couple of years. It's almost been like two years now. And um, we have just grown so close. And so that emotional connection in that relationship is very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but in past relationships that were like this, I definitely cared and I definitely was present, but it wasn't nearly as like, oh, this person is like essential to my well-being. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like my mental well-being, but more so just like that person is a really important person in my life. And I'm like so happy that we've gotten to that point. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think that while that might be rare, it's definitely possible if you continue to like foster the relationships that you're building. Yeah, I think like anything, if you water it, it will grow, right? I mean, let's not overwater, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, exactly, yeah. Okay. So let's talk money for a second. And All right, the juicy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the good stuff. Um, do you typically have an amount that you're like, this is what I'm expecting? Or do you have a specific bill or something that you're like, you know, I'm – there's like that expectations of like, this is how much I'm expecting of you financially. Yeah. So, um, and this is just my personal experience. So I don't know what rates are like for other people, but in my current relationship, um, he pays an amount that I, I just like tell him what I want every month, which sounds like so insane, but I just like, I usually add up my rent and then, like whatever the electricity is and then my car insurance and then like tell him that and of course I have a savings and like I'm I'm totally able to live without him because you want to make sure that you're too like not too reliant on somebody because they could leave tomorrow you don't know like you want you definitely want to be mindful of that and not live outside your means um and I'm very blessed to be able to just give a number but I also like once you do this more you kind of learn like what things are worth to other people Mm -hmm. especially if you're sending pictures or like um video chatting like you learn what other people are willing to pay so that's how in my experience I've kind of gauged like what people are willing to pay like uh, in general you know like what's more valuable to them like what pieces they're most searching for and how much they are willing to pay for that type of service so exactly and that's why the amazon wish list too is like good because mm-hmm. it's like easy like you can put little things on there you can put bigger things on there like it really can be a wide range of things so that like anybody like even just some guy messaging you on like instagram could buy you something that was like 20 dollars or send you 100 like it just depends on the situation i love that <laughs> love that I'm telling you I'm gonna make it um okay and yeah I feel like I've personally have had friends that have done sugar babying and they um they tend to give like a very solid rate of just their expectations in general so it's 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 really neat that you kind of have like that opportunity to kind of shift that every month in a way because it could like vary a little bit but I'm sure that it's kind of um, they have an idea of how much it's going yeah, to cost. Yeah, if we want to talk, like, exact numbers, like, usually it's around, like, um, 7 to eight fifty. Yeah. like, a month, a month from that one person. But there's also, like, gifts that sometimes happen. Like, it, it just is very, like, the gifts are more sporadic, like, just, like, random, I'm thinking of you gifts or, like, birthday mm-hmm. or Christmas or something. But with this situation in general, it's usually, like, 7 to eight fifty a month, depending. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, no, thank you for, like, giving us some insight because I feel like, again, some people can come on here and be like, what am I asking for? Like, what am I supposed to, like, $50, like, is that what I'm asking for for one thing? Like, it's like you just have to assess, like, what you're saying. Assess what it costs to them, how much about, like, what what a value it is to them to help you pay this or to get you this or to, you know, get this service, essentially. So, that's really, really important. Um... And I know we've touched on a lot of red flags, but is there anything that you're like, oh, I forgot and we need to talk about this because all the red flags, please hand them all to me because I want to hear, I want to hear stories. I want to hear things that think make me, people maybe might not think of unless they're in the industry. Of course. Yeah. And I probably haven't touched on all the red flags, um, but just one of the most important pieces of advice I can give is just to act like this is just another dating site because at the end of the day, that's kind of what it is. Even though you're not actually dating that person, you're getting into a relationship with them. So the same ways that you would vet them, vet them those same ways, make sure that your friends have your locations. If you decide to meet up, make sure you know what you're looking for before you decide to start looking. Um, it's a very big field, very wide variety of things that like you're, allowed to do and what people are expecting you to do and what you want to do so it's definitely important to kind of like map that out prior to mm-hmm. um and yeah just like make sure that you know who you're talking to because especially if it becomes like a committed long-term like emotional friendship whatever mm-hmm. relationship um you definitely want to make sure that the person you're talking to is going to be like a good influence and like a good person to have around you don't want to just have anybody in your in your corner you want to have like the good people there yeah yeah you're so right I love that okay um I'm I'm wondering then have you ever come by an experience where you've had a sugar daddy that is asking you for something serious like a relationship wise that you had to navigate out of I know that you said like please don't consider me for marriage but just essentially giving me an an idea of of what that looked like for you yeah so um in the beginning I very much was not comfortable with like dates at all which might sound a little bit uh, insane um because it's like well what are they what are they getting out of me if I wasn't going to meet them in person or some pictures or anything um so now I've gotten more comfortable with dates but there was a situation one time where um, somebody asked me to like go on a date with them to like this really like just very intimate weekend away. And I just didn't feel like that was the right thing to do. Yeah. And of course it would have been sure a great opportunity to like get a free vacation out of it. But I knew emotionally that wasn't going to be free. That was going to be like, how are we going to sleep? Are we going to have to cuddle? Are you going to be expecting sex? Like stuff yeah. like that. So you definitely have to make sure of those things because I, I think that those kind of situations are inevitable. So you have yeah. to know how to how you're willing to prepare um, for those, like when they're going to occur. But mm-hmm. yeah, just there was just one time where I was asked to like go for a weekend away and sure it would have been really fun and great and a good story, but safety and emotional boundaries like definitely took the lead in that one as they should (laughs) and I had to I had to say no yeah I'm I'm admiring just again it's not easy at 
the same right you know you have to be very stern in your word and then what you're okay with and your comfort and your boundaries and all the things and so I think that it's almost important to say that if you don't think you are a good communicator and in these senses you should really consider um just how well this will go for you because if you don't communicate people can't take advantage of you easily you know you're you're going into a a job where you know sometimes people are not going to respect you so searching for that respect as the first thing like you said that you look for is key yeah definitely because you are not an object you are not even an employee like you guys are both on the same playing field Mm -hmm. sure they might have more financial freedom than you do but at the end of the day that's like the least important part of the relationship the most important part of the relationship is the communication the trust and the boundaries and so I've said it a million times this episode but you have to know what you're asking for and what you're expecting because people will give you and ask for millions of different things so you want to make sure that what you're getting is what you want like what's actually making you happy and what you're giving is kind of like worth it to Mm -hmm. you and to the other person Mm -hmm. yeah okay now if anyone has any questions or thoughts like you can send them to me you can um post them on like the podcast rating or reviews because we'll read them and we can get back and we can probably do another episode on just sugar babying but definitely (laughs) but yeah but I'm I'm wanting to move towards this fin fin dom because I'm I'm intrigued there's a lot of questions I have so are you ready yes I'm ready to just get my Okay. I'm so sorry. Thank you. All right, sorry about that. <laughs> You're all good. Okay. Okay. My favorite topic is Fendom, honestly. This is so much more fun to talk about. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's talk Fendom. And first of all, just give us the rundown. What is Fendom? I didn't know what it was for a very long time. I think I learned about it maybe a few months ago. So I need you to teach me everything. I'm going to have so many questions. <laughs> Okay, hopefully I can answer them. Again, just another disclaimer, this is completely from my experience with it, but um, FINDOM is short for financial dominatrix, and in my experience, that just means like humiliating, being mean, or being in control of men for the money that they're paying you to do those things. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'm, I'm looking at you because I just now have to ask, has this ever overlapped with being a sugar baby? 
Okay. <laughs> yes, it has. Great question. Um, yeah, so definitely they have overlapped before. Not in my long-term one, because I feel like if I ever pulled that stuff on him, he'd be like, what the hell are you doing? But um, <laughs> but in some, in some instances, it has um, overlapped, because this is something we're getting real into it right now. Aftercare is very important. Yeah. And when it comes to humiliation, humiliation boundaries are very important, mm-hmm. because in my day-to-day, I'm not much of a fighter, but when I do fight with somebody, I'm a word fighter. Like, I will mm-hmm. say things that I know will hurt your feelings, mm-hmm. which is why I'm good at this. But at the same time, <laughs> like, what if I say something that is, like, really, really that hurts you, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't – I never want to do that, not in sugar baby instances and definitely not in fin dom instances. So um, you definitely, before you start anything like that, whenever – it starts to get to that point. Like normally with Findom, you'll immediately know from the first message. Just they usually call you mistress, they call you ma'am, they call you I've had guys call me mommy. Like it's like it's like a lot of different names. Mm-hmm. But you'll normally know from the first couple messages. Um and you have to make sure that you say, Okay, well what are your hard limits? What what can I not say? You have to have a safe word, even if you're not meeting in person and it's just online, you mm-hmm. need to have a safe word because you never want to take it too far to where you're like mentally scarring these people. It's supposed to be another mutually beneficial relationship, but this one might seem um, a little bit um, where you're more in control because in the situation you are, but in the, as a whole, you guys should still be on like the same playing field. Yeah. And you're on the same page about how extreme this encounter can can go essentially so those hard limits and those hard boundaries okay and and how did you hear about Findom? like what what brought you to this world so actually i'm pretty new into Findom as well mm-hmm. um probably about a year and it's when i started watching euphoria and have you ever Ooh, seen euphoria i haven't now you're oh my god you have to okay. it's so good it's on hbo but um so good has Zendaya but one of the girls in it um becomes like like meets a pay pig online and mm-hmm. starts doing Sindom and like has like this complete attitude change where she just like becomes the most confident like mm-hmm. bitch in the world mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on this podcast I'm sorry <laughs> <You've got it. laughs> um and I heard about it from that and I was like wait you can be mean to men for money like I mean to men for free <laughs> all the time <laughs> oh my goodness yes so yeah so then I like knew about it and then some guy messaged me on Instagram one one rainy night one rainy (laughs) night and I was just like let me just try this and then I did and then like while I was talking to him I remember like looking stuff up online of like uh-huh. normal things that Sindom women would say and I kind of just like faked it till I made it and mm-hmm. now I do it pr- pretty regularly um less so now that I have like that really really good stable relationship with um my sugar daddy but um definitely still do it sometimes and it's so fun because it's just like you can do it anywhere. You don't have to actually like send videos of yourself if you don't want to or pictures of yourself if you don't want to. You could be like at the grocery store or on the treadmill and just like be replying like really nasty, rude things to men and they're like sending you money for it. It's very fun. It's, it's a good time. <laughs> this whole interaction, I'm like, wow. <laughs> um, okay. And so 
have most of these interactions been online? Yeah. yeah, so my experience have always been online, but I'm okay. definitely not opposed to doing like themes um, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. but that that would be like probably post COVID when my safety would be like better. And also when I would have like more training, because if I did ever decide to take that route, I'd probably want to talk to like a real deal professional Dom. Um, like somebody that does this for like an actual salary type position mm-hmm. um, or just someone that was really um, good at it and popular and like well um, trained because I don't ever want to be in a situation that would be harmful for either me or the person I was working with. Yeah. Um, so not opposed to that, but in my experience, it's always been completely online. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And now, how often do you even mention this to anyone? Like, do you tell your friends, like, do, do most of your friends know about FinDom? Have you ever helped a friend maybe get involved in sugar babying or FinDom? Because now I'm wondering. Yeah, I definitely am a very open book. That's just who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really ever hiding this from anybody, especially because I've been fortunate enough to where I don't have to work at a, like, a real nine to five job now because of this lifestyle that I chose so um I definitely do help anybody if they ever have questions I remember a couple weeks ago my roommate's friend was like hey can can you show me like what to say this guy on Instagram Mm -hmm. and I was like yeah just like this is what I would say this is what I do uh because I really do think that anybody could do it as long as like we talked about earlier you have your boundaries set and know like what you're willing to give Mm -hmm. because it's just talking to another human being just for Fendom it's a little bit more like uh bullying another person <laughs> yeah yeah and but I want into it yeah 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 exactly and that's what I kind of want to touch on that you know what are the what are those key differences um that you could say about like the arrangement basically between sugar babying and Fendom yeah so aside from the aftercare that I would do with um with the men that I would Fendom for I don't like have day-to-day conversations with them. I'm mm-hmm. not really trying. There are some exceptions, of course, like for some days. It just kind of depends on the person and like who you see them as and how you know them. And like, it's completely up to you. But in my experience, I don't talk to the men that I send on for every day. I, um, they don't know really much, if anything, about me and my mm-hmm. personal life. I don't like tell them where I go to school. I don't mm-hmm. tell them like where I live. Um, I don't lie about my age or anything like that, of course. So they know my name and my age because it's usually on the profile. Yeah. Um, but I definitely don't have, like, a friendship with yeah. the people that I send on board because that will just get things to be really murky. Because, of course, you know, like, just in regular relationships, the more you get to know somebody, the harder it is to, like, be mean and, like, mm-hmm. say things that are, like, essentially humiliating to the person and degrading Mm -hmm. yeah like you don't want to say that to like a friend yeah (laughs) so you definitely want to make sure that these relationships are more business than pleasure while the sugar baby relationships seem to be more pleasure than business Mm -hmm. um but still a healthy mix of both of them yeah um so you said profile I think and so I'm wondering is there a specific app where you can do this or how do you find you're fin-doming for so for fin-dom i have met people also seeking arrangements so the sugar baby daddy Mm -hmm. site you can meet people on there there are definitely fetish sites i don't use those because i think that um sometimes those can be seen as more of like an in-person kind of thing and i don't want to be like clouding up the waters for people that are willing to do this in person right now um but to be honest a couple of the things 
a couple of the guys that this has like kind of occurred because of have all found me on Instagram. Mm. Um, so when that happens, I make sure unless I trust them to like block them from my stories. They can't see like if I'm posting like that I'm out with my friends mm-hmm. um, or like if I'm posting like that I'm going to the gym, like because I usually tag the gym, something like yeah. that. Um, you definitely don't want these people to have like access to like exactly where you are. Um, that's a safety thing. But yeah, so on Instagram is where I've met a lot of these people. They usually just DM me and then you just, they just like shoot their shot and then I shoot mine by mm-hmm. sending my cash app or sending my like Amazon wish list. Mm-hmm. And then it usually just goes from there. Like men that are looking, that really want this are usually looking for it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and like, that's what I'm wondering. So do they typically just, let's say you already have a relationship with this person, like a relationship as in like you have already worked with them before. Um, would they just text you like randomly or do you have, I guess, like business hours? Like how does that work so that you're both having boundaries? So it's not like this person messaging you at 4am unless it is like that. I'm just wondering how that works. Yeah, that's actually a really, really good question. So I don't have like business hours because it's like so many different people's lives that it would be like kind of hard to like ensure that I would be getting the bang for my book, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, so I usually just don't reply if I can't. But a lot of the times they'll message me and be like, can I serve you or something like that? Or they're, I'll just get back to them when I can. On Instagram, they seem to expect it to be more like instantaneous, like that I'm online mm-hmm. and I'll reply. Mm-hmm. But on the seeking arrangements, um, it's just whenever I get back to them. Of course, I try to be timely if I'm trying to like make sure that I get what I need slash want like right then. Um, of course, if you want to be really strict about it, you could have business hours and make sure that you're not responding to people when you like shouldn't be according to yourself but it definitely is like whenever they message me if I'm up for it I'll be like yeah I can do this right now you know (laughs) I got this I got this. yeah (laughs) I'll get I'll put on that hat right now Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because I again like it is a whole new persona that you're 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 taking on you know what I mean like you have to assess that you're in a good headspace too, I'm, I'm assuming, um, to be able to do this because it can be emotionally draining, which I think is something that a lot of people do not consider. So I want to hear you talk on that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. That is a really important factor is that it is completely different persona, especially in the field that I'm in, like mental health counseling. Um, it's kind of hard to separate who I am as a counselor slash who I am as a person versus who I am when I'm doing this because obviously mm-hmm. the things I'm saying to the, these men are never what I would say to another human being like on a normal day mm-hmm. um, in a normal like transaction um, so you definitely have to make sure that you know you have your boundaries they have theirs but um, it is a little bit draining and that's why I say like make sure that you know what you're willing to put in because mm-hmm. I feel like this is a normal person thing, but especially someone that's empathetic, yes. it's hard to sometimes say these things and not feel like, am I crossing a line even though they haven't said I am? You know, yeah. that's why boundaries are so important because especially if you touch on like physical things, like what they look like, what they weigh, what their like penis size is, mm-hmm. like whatever it might be. Um, those are things that like, they're not going to be able to change easily. Right. So you want to make sure that like, you're not harping on them for something that like they're actually struggling with in their normal life, Mm -hmm. which is why like the getting to know them portion is really important with Findom. I know I mentioned that it's not like a friendship, so you're not going to get to know them 
as much, but you definitely need to make sure that like you kind of have like a set list of questions that you come up with that are like, okay, this is what I'm looking for. And this is what I'm willing to do because mm-hmm. you don't want to be hurting anybody's feelings. At least that's not ethical for me. <laughs> you know, yeah, if you yeah. want to do that, sure, but <laughs> that's just not the way I see it. <laughs> yeah. And I love your transparency throughout because, um, I can imagine that being difficult emotionally, you know, it is draining. Um, it takes a lot of buildup to kind of just say the things that you, that they might ask you to, to say. And, and so I'm, I'm wondering about that, you know, do they give you a list of areas or themes in their life that you want, they like that they really want you to go at, or is it more of like general, like how, how does that typically work? The most, normal which there's nothing really normal about any of these situations but the most normal uh routes that we take are like uh physical body humiliation so like oh you like you have such a you know like you know making fun of their penis size I don't want to get too graphic on this podcast but like making fun of their penis size saying that they could never like pleasure you in the Mm -hmm. way that you would need it Mm -hmm. um or like saying oh you're pathetic like you're Mm -hmm. such a like stupid bitch boy or like making Mm -hmm. like calling them like names um those are the two most normal routes but I've commented yeah, yeah. Like most common oh, yeah, ones no, that you hear. Yeah, I don't mean to say normal. Yeah, but yeah. those are most common. Yeah, those are definitely two common ones. Um, they call themselves pay pigs a lot of the time. So, um, th- like, you can call them that. Like, you're just a pay pig to me. Mm-hmm. Like, telling them that they're, like, really nothing to you but, like, a wallet mm-hmm. is another really common one. Um, because you, you want to make sure to do a little bit of research beforehand, too, of, like, what the point of this is. But a lot of it is like guys that just have a lot of control in their daily lives and want to lose control at night and not have to be in charge. So they find someone else that's in charge and Mm -hmm. you need to be that person. And in order to effectively be that person, you want to know like what exactly it is you're saying and doing and why, why it's working. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I love that you bring that up, that it is typically individuals who just want to kind of let go of that dominant role that they play maybe on a day-to-day it doesn't have to be but it's it's commonly what what's seen so and again to like reiterate like it is like financial like domination so it's like they want they want this um yeah they definitely want to give you money for the things you're saying and they will and they'll they'll send you things for the things you're saying um and that's like an important thing to keep in mind because you never want to make it seem like they're doing something for you because at the end of the day you're kind of doing something for them yeah. you know like this is something that's getting them off um and you can choose to be a part of getting them off or not like if you want to like video chat of course or like pictures whatever you mm-hmm. want to do mm-hmm. um but you you choose to be how present you want to be and that's like a, an important factor to know how present you want to be prior to involving yourself in the situation yeah yeah um, I'm wondering then, like, essentially when it comes to payment, do you also talk about that up front or is it something that just kind of comes up after or they, or do they talk about what they're willing or what they can offer? So that's a conversation that you have in the beginning too, when you're talking about the boundaries. Um, but I always get payment up front. That's, and that's my own trust issues type thing. I just don't ever especially if I was to send pictures because I have sent like pictures in the past mm-hmm. um 
that like just like that involve the role play not not that aren't exactly like nude or anything Mm -hmm. but um and when I do that I want to make sure that I'm sending it to somebody that has already like paid for it if that makes sense so I definitely do payments up front and we talk about like what things are worth in the beginning um like pictures videos video chats whatever it is like you talk about how much you're charging and how much they're willing to pay Mm -hmm. and kind of compromise like that um but another thing is make sure that your apps are not giving away. Like you never want to give anyone your bank information. Yeah. You want to have like, I, I use Zelle a lot because mm-hmm. that goes like straight into my account and all mm-hmm. they need is my email, which is like the most public thing someone can find about you, honestly. Um, or I use like Cash App and it doesn't have like my real name attached to it. Like it just kind of like depends on how you meet the person, how well you know them, but mm-hmm. definitely have cash apps and stuff like that that don't involve giving away like your last name if you don't want to Mm -hmm. yeah that privacy factor of protecting yourself and safety um I know from the friends that I know that they typically have like a whole persona that's separate from them in most of these situations for their own well-being and um to ensure the safety because I'm sure it could get conflicting sometimes where it's like Oh, man, like, for instance, I have, like, this account for this specifically. And, like, you know, you're managing. You're managing and you're balancing all these roles. Um, so I think mentioning that, you know, having a, accounts like this without your name, if you prefer to keep it more secretive and protect yourself, that's all really key to your protection. Yeah, for this one, protection is the number one. Of course, it is in any aspect in any relationship, but this is definitely something you need to make sure that you are very aware of what's going on mm-hmm. because with these individuals, not that there's anything wrong with them or what they're into sexually. This is yeah. a very normal thing and should be normalized. Um, but because of the nature of the relationship and how like you're supposed to be having this like really – a uh, high amount of control over mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you are capable and they are like receptive because it can get very messy and very confusing really fast if you don't have boundaries and it could end up being like um, a situation where like they are expecting more and you're still mean to them and now you're hurting their feelings like mm-hmm. you always want to be checking in and making sure that everybody's still on the same page mm-hmm. um, it doesn't have to be a every week kind of conversation but if you ever have a feeling arise and you like maybe I should address this don't ignore that feeling um Mm -hmm. because like I said earlier this is just another person on the other end of the screen and you never want to like jeopardize that other person's safety or well-being of course of course yes emphasis on that honestly um so I kind of want to wrap up and talk about aftercare because you mentioned it and I think personally let me say that I think aftercare is necessary in all type of intimate, relational encounters. Um, It is very, like, not normalized whatsoever, but I think aftercare is so essential. So I want to hear what that route looks like for you and um, how you take care of yourself, too, because you need care as well. Yeah, this is arguably another one of the most important factors of the whole situation, Um, But aftercare for me, of course, looks different for everybody. But for me, if I'm conducting like a scene online where it's like chatting back and forth and they're sending pictures and videos or whatever, um, 
I always have to end the scene, right? Like you want to make sure that they know that it's over and they can't send you messages like anymore throughout the rest of the night. Like you're not going to be waking up in the middle of the night and them still texting you. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to make sure that like, I usually say goodnight, even, <laughs> even in send down situations where like, I'm not trying to be lovey dovey or, or like compassionate towards them by any means. But in the aftercare, I'm definitely treating them more like another human being than I am when I'm supposed to be degrading them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I say like, good night or sweet dreams or thank you. Or I'll say like, if I tried something new, I'll say, was that okay? Or did you like that? Or mm-hmm. like, let's talk about it. And some guys prefer not to have like this really long conversation afterwards, which is of course fine by me. Um, but if it's somebody that you're just now getting to know and just now like kind of deciding what the terms are going to look like with, um, I think that aftercare conversation is really crucial to the the foundation of their relationship and like knowing what to do next time because of course they're paying for a service so you want it to be something that they're enjoying as well as you're enjoying. Mm-hmm. So that conversation of just like, did I mess up any boundaries? Did I was that good? Like not like asking for validation, but more so just asking for like the thumbs up, like that was enjoyable for me and this is something that like. I really, I really enjoyed doing and I hope that you did too kind of situation. Mm -hmm. I love that. I do because just basically that check-in of is all good. Was this what you wanted? Was this what you were expecting? Are you satisfied? Um, Just addressing all of these things that you typically don't talk about in any sexual encounter, which you should. Um... And I'm thinking about hookup relationships and let me not even get into that. But you should be addressing all these things after and making sure that everyone's in a good space. And like you said, some people might not want to have this long, drawn-out conversation. But it's making sure that they know that you still, you care, like you care about them in the sense of you care that you did the job that you were supposed to do, essentially. Exactly. Because again, they are just people and this is something that they're into sexually and that doesn't at all like negate the fact that they're a human being too, you know? So you want to make sure that that is something that you're touching on and giving them the option to have that conversation um, to make sure it has like, a clean ending for the night, you know? And usually you'll know if they're satisfied, like if, if they finish through it, whatever, like you'll know and they'll make it apparent. Um, but that's not always the case. Sometimes it's just like a little bit of back and forth and you don't mm-hmm. have to be involved in like the actual um, pleasuring part of it. Um, mm-hmm. and so you just want to make sure that you're like talking with this person about all of those things, whether you're getting actually sexual or not. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. I'm in love with you and I'm so thankful for you and having you here and I've had so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I feel like we could have made this episode like four hours if we wanted Literally, to. guys, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> but we did a pretty good job at keeping it you know pretty tight okay I think I think we were good and I'm I'm just so excited to have everyone here and learn and get some insight into this world um again if anyone has any questions please just email me and I will get them to Angelina and we will discuss and we can have another episode of this I'm sure that that's yes. okay. I'm like, I hope that you had a lot of fun because I did. No, I did. I had so much fun. And of course, like I'm a very open book when it comes to this. So any way I can be of service, of course, I'm not the expert in the field and I'm not the only person that does this. Mm-hmm. So definitely come up with your own terms and then like figure out what your boundaries are. But mm-hmm. I did a lot of video research and try to find like authentic searches that aren't like super 
commercialized mm-hmm. because everything you're seeing in movies and TV shows is like the exact opposite of what it's actually yeah. like. So make sure you're doing like authentic, real deal research. Mm-hmm. Yes, and just thank you so much for your transparency and your vulnerability here in this space. And I want to extend a special thank you to everyone who tuned in this week. See you next week. <laughs>